Today, uh, I would just want to begin a, some messages uh, that God has been putting in my heart. And actually, today's message is more of a, uh, a word of encouragement and an exhortation rather than a real teaching. Uh, but as you guys know, um, we, we've had a rough week as we um, lost Kristen Supinger this past week, and uh, our hearts have been grieving. She was 39 years old. If you're watching by, by way of internet, uh, you may not be aware of what we went through as a congregation, but this week was a painful week as we lost Kristen, who was 39 years old, and um, she did not receive her healing on this side uh, of heaven as we were believing God over the last several months and we've been contending for her. And I really felt like the Lord wanted me to address us and to challenge us this morning on how we should carry our hearts in this season because um, um, I just personally want to thank everybody for contending with us and fighting the good fight of faith. Um, you know, I believe even what um, Elizabeth shared about the, the swing set and how she, as a little girl she always longed to get on the swing and to swing high. And I believe the last couple months we've been sing, swinging high into the things of God and what he wants for us. And when you fall and when you get back up and you dust yourself off, you, yes, a righteous man may fall, but he gets up and he keeps getting up. Can I have an amen on that? And so th there, is a, there is a place um, in my own heart. I want to be vulnerable because I know we've all been disappointed. We all have questions. There's all kinds of emotions that we go through when we lose someone to premature death. You know, she was way too young. Can I have an amen on that? And so many in this church fasted and prayed fervently. And many of you engaged your heart in your faith consistently for the miracle. And I just want to say thank you for that. I want to thank you for contending with us for her healing. There was a remnant of God here in this house, a remnant that really pressed in to praying and seeking God's face and fighting the good fight of faith for Kristen. And I want you to know as a pastor, I will continue to fight. I will fight for your sons and your daughters. And I will keep fighting when the enemy comes in like a flood to steal, kill, and destroy. I will be a pastor who will stand on the word of God through hell or high water, knowing that our God is faithful and we will press in to the things of God. And if it was your daughter or if it was your son, I will stand. And I have stood with many, many people in this congregation believing in faith. And we have seen many victories and we've seen many defeats. And I praise God for the victories. Amen. I praise God for the years that have been added to people's lives. I thank God for the miraculous healings that have taken place in this house. I thank God for the breakthroughs we've seen. I thank God that I have three children when they said I would not have three children. I thank God for the breakthroughs. And I thank you for contending with us. I, I know many people fasted and prayed, and so there's a lot that you've invested when it comes to praying for Kristen. And I know I've heard many of your stories of how you believed God and you knew it was going to, against all odds, against everything, 
that looked on the natural and you stood believing God for her, her restoration. I can tell you that I fell asleep to, to, to some nights to, to some serious travail coming out of my wife. As I heard her travail, as I heard her pray, as I heard tongues and, and, and things coming out of her. And she was interceding for our precious Christian. I thank God for a woman who will stand and fight and doesn't lay down. Amen? And so I know we have many different feelings and emotions, and that was a tough funeral to do this Thursday. And, uh, but God is faithful. Can I have an amen? But I thank God for this church as they fought for Kristen and for God's kingdom to be manifested on the earth as it is in heaven. And I've spoken to many of you that I know many of you have questions and many of you have uh, thoughts and uh, and I'm going to kind of go there today on where, how, how do we carry our hearts in times of disappointment? What does God look for from us? And how do we, how do we walk through and navigate these waters as, as we have fought and we didn't see what we believed God we were going to see? And so I want to go there today and I want to be vulnerable to you, with you about this journey. Because I know a lot of you have spent time in prayer and fasting. I know many of you, against all odds, believed. And we've been disappointed. And those of you who have fought, <clears throat> I know, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> Your ears off there, sorry about that. As the emotions are raw, I think sometimes we're tested with disappointment. I think we're tested in our anger. We're tested in our disillusionment and the numbness and, and that we walk through in the midst of faith. And what you know and believe are the promises of God. And when you don't see the promises of God manifest, we can get really discouraged. And so I've heard Bill Johnson say this, and I appreciate the quote. He says, gifts are free. But maturity is expensive. I'm going to say it again. Gifts are free, but maturity is expensive. And what I mean by that is the gift of salvation that we receive in Christ, that is a free gift that comes from Christ. It is a free gift that you can receive if you, if you, if you desire Christ in your life. That gift of salvation free is free. But my friends, the walk of maturity is very, very expensive. Are you with me? Maturing in your walk with Christ is very, very expensive. It will cost you everything. Not many press into maturity because it is expensive. And I believe what is going on in this house is I do believe God is growing this house. It is deepening. He is deepening our foundations. A lot of what I'm going to share today comes really directly from Bill Johnson's message on disappointment. And I've quote, I'll be quoting him several times in this. And I've drawn a lot of encouragement over the last week from his message on disappointment. And uh, because he has weathered a few storms, and, and not that the, the Word of God is, is really where we draw encouragement from as well, but there's some truths that I think Bill has shared 
that really, really encouraged my heart in this journey. And I believe that we are in the process of enduring in our faith for a, and, and God is producing a maturity in this house. And God wants us to overcome disappointment. Do you guys believe that? I believe we're maturing in our faith through this disappointment and maturing is painful and maturing is expensive. That maturing of our faith takes place, I believe, in the fields of disappointment. <laughs> I believe uh, maturing takes place in the field of, of, of trials. I believe the, that, that faith is built in the field of criticism, in the field of, of not knowing, in the field of pain, in the field of, 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 of betrayal. <laughs> maturing of our faith takes place in these fields where criticism and misunderstanding and conflict happens and we know what james 1 talks about it says brothers brothers count it all joy when you undergo trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith must produce what perseverance and perseverance must finish its work in you, that you, you and I might be complete, mature, and lacking nothing. So the trials that we go through are building our faith. They're maturing our faith. God is doing something in us through the disappointment that we even experienced this week. And in the disappointment, I am not asking why. I'm asking what are you trying to show us? That should be the question you're asking God. God, what are you trying to show us? What are you trying to mature in us? Where are you trying to take us? What are you wanting to mature? What are you wanting to complete? Because I want to finish my race. Anybody want to finish their race well? I refuse to adjust my theology to my circumstances. I refuse to adjust my theology to the circumstance of a premature death. I refuse to change my theology based upon disappointment, based upon pain, based upon something not working out the way I want it to work out. My theology is based upon the Word of God. Is your theology based upon the Word of God? The Word of God says that I shall lay hands on the sick and they will recover. That is the Word of God. The Word of God says in James, Is there any sick among you? He should ask the elders of the church to come and lay hands and anoint them with oil and the prayer of faith shall what? Heal the sick. I believe, yes, elders of the church need to do that, but I also believe in the priesthood of all believers that we as believers can anoint and lay hands on the sick and anoint them with oil and they will what? Recover. I can't hear you. They will what? So I'm not going to adjust my theology based upon something not working out the way it, that I believe God is going to work. If I adjust it, then I have to go to the, down this way. Well, it must not have been God's will. That's adjusting my theology. Or I say things like, healing does not happen today. It was just for the apostles, and that has ceased in this generation. I have to change the theology of the New Testament. 
or they didn't have enough faith. I have to change the theology in order for it to meet my circumstances. I don't know about you guys. I am, my, my theology has not changed even though we lost a battle this week. I'm going to continue to stand. And if it was Mike Brown's daughter or if it was Misty's son, I am going to stand and I'm going to contend until the end comes. And we contend and we keep contending. Can I have an amen on that? But not many press into maturity because it's expensive. But one, one passage, boy, that passage just came up just like that. Philippians 2.13. I love the Philippians 2.13 because it is, a, it is a scripture where I cooperate with God. For it is God who works in you to will and to act and to do God's good pleasure. It is God who he works in us to will and to act, to will and to act. He works through us to will and to act, to do his good pleasure in the earth. I have to participate. I am a co-laborer with Christ. You are a co-laborer. You're not here just to sit in the pews and get fed, fed, fed. We are co-laborers on the mission that God has for us. Too many people. Sit and do nothing. But God has something for us to do. And so where I want to go today is I, I love what Mike shared about God is not uh, running out of miracles. God is not into impossibilities. Actually, faith is what connects you and I, excuse me, to the unlimited nature of our God. Listen to me. Faith is what connects you and I to the unlimited nature of God. I'm going to say it again. Faith is what connects you and I to the unlimited nature of our God and makes that which is impossible possible. I'm going to say it again. Faith is what connects me. Say it. Faith is what connects me to the unlimited nature of our God that makes impossible things possible. Faith is what connects me to the impossible things. Whether that impossible thing is a drug addict or somebody that is so lost getting saved and coming to the saving knowledge of Jesus, that which is impossible to deliver that person is now made possible because of faith. Or the blind to see that which is impossible. We co-labor with Christ. Faith connects me to the impossible. To see blind eyes open or, the, or, or, or those who are sick healed. Or a marriage that is in complete chaos, being supernaturally transformed. That which is impossible to restore that marriage, the impossible becomes possible because of the power of God and faith 
making it possible. Can I have an amen on that? I've seen it. I've seen the impossible happen. I've seen that which was impossible be made possible. So faith, enduring faith is what connects us to the impossibilities. I'm going to say that again. Enduring faith is what connects us to those impossibilities. And so I want to, I want to read, I know you guys know the faith chapter, the hall of faith, in Hebrews 11.1. 1. And, I, and I would encourage you this week, I would really encourage you to read the hall of faith in Hebrews chapter 11. It goes through all the powerful examples in the Word of God about what men and women endured and how their enduring faith brought great impossibilities and made them possible. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. So now faith is being sure of what we hope for. We had hoped for Kristen to be healed and set free in her natural body, correct? We believed and we were sure of what we were hoping for. We know we were standing on the word of God that God wants to bring healing to the sick. And we were certain of what we did not see. Even though in the natural eyes everything was against us, we were believing by faith that she would be restored. The Bible is full of all kinds of impossible situations made possible. Jesus would say, go, your faith has made you whole. Wouldn't he? He would say, go, your faith has made you whole. And Jesus invites us into this supernatural world, this supernatural world to be co-laborers with him, to manifest that which is impossible and to make it possible through enduring faith. And faith connects us to that unlimited nature of God, to will and to act according to his good pleasure. And so you go, well, what happened? What happened? What, what, what went wrong, right? Everybody wants to know what went wrong. We always want to try to figure it out. And I, I, I'm, I'm there as well in this process. But the Lord's been putting some things in my heart over the last week as we've been pressing in. And in Hebrews eleven twenty seven, 27, the Lord began to, to, to point this. As you can see, I've got the word endured underlined. And it said that Moses, by faith, left Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, you know, because Pharaoh would have hurt him, but for he endured as seeing him who is unseen. And as I pondered this, this, this passage in that underlined word, I, I, Moses had, everybody say with me, Moses had enduring faith. I have enduring faith. I want enduring faith. The word enduring here implies that the answer for Moses didn't come quickly. The word implies that enduring implies that the answer for Moses did not come quickly. How many know how long Moses was on the backside of a, the desert? before he delivered the children of Israel. 40. Everybody say 40. 40 years. That is enduring faith. 
Enduring faith is this ability to hold on to faith in the middle of nothing good happening. Enduring faith is the ability to hold on to faith in God with a good attitude when the situation is not changing. Breakthrough is not happening. The marriage is falling apart. The child is sick. There's turmoil in your life. Enduring faith endures in faith. When the cancer is not stopping and it continues to, back, to progress. When my back, I continue to stand in faith for my own healing. Enduring faith implies that you have to wait for it. Would you agree with that? That possibly the answer doesn't come immediately. I propose to you that I'm not just contending for Kristen right now, I'm contending for your children and your children's children. I propose to you that what I drive in the stake in the ground today will bring benefit and blessing to the next generation and the generations after me. It's not just for you. And it's not just for me. But when I stand and I make a mark in the ground, I say, I will not move off of this truth. But I will persevere through enduring faith. Knowing that my God is really, really good. And yes, we are in a battle, and we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but principalities and powers, and I can't have, I don't have the answer for you on to why, but one thing I do know, I press on to the higher calling in Christ Jesus. I press on to what I do know, and I do know He is good. I do know He is faithful. I do know He loves us. And I don't see the big picture. I don't know the salvations that are going to come through what just took place this week. I don't know the changed lives that took place in the funeral. I don't know about the changed lives. I don't know what God's doing. I don't see it clearly. But I do know God is good. Can I have an amen? amen. Bill Johnson says in his, in, his uh, in, in, in a book that faith brings answers. Listen to this. Faith brings answers. But enduring faith brings answers with character. Faith brings answers. But enduring faith brings answers with character. See, I believe that the Lord is not only interested in answering our prayers. I believe God is building a people. I believe he's not only in, in, interested in answering, or pri, in, in answering prayers and in demonstrating his will and his power, but I believe he's also interested in building a people of character and maturity who can handle revival and who can handle the glory of God. Yep. I'm going to say that again. That's good stuff. I believe that God is building a people of character and maturity who can handle revival and who can handle his glory manifesting here in the earth. Because if I can't trust God in when things don't go well, how will I trust God when things do go well? If I can't trust God in defeat, how am I going to trust God in success? Will I not take the glory for myself? If I take the glory for the, the miracle...
God wants us mature and able to handle what he is bringing to us as a people. We cannot get to where God wants us to take us as a church if we can't learn how to navigate disappointment, pain, loss, failure, unanswered prayer, criticism. These disappointments build character and faith in us. Say, this disappointment builds character and faith in me. This disappointment builds character and enduring faith in me. I'm trusting God in this disappointment. How about you? If I can trust God in people criticizing me, I will be able to trust God when people praise me. If I trust God in the midst of disappointment, I will trust God in the midst of great victory. God is trying to build in us the capacity to hold firm in our faith and our relationship with him, regardless of the circumstances. We'll say it again. God is trying to build in us the capacity to hold firm in our relationship with him, regardless of the circumstances. When I do this, he brings into me a greater level of breakthrough and authority to do the impossible. When I move into enduring faith and I move into trusting God no matter the circumstances, He can then bring greater levels of authority and, and, and breakthrough in our lives. I can handle more, <laughs> is what it ultimately boils down to. He can trust us. I'm going to get talk about favor. I'm going to talk about the rewards. There are rewards in, with God. God rewards those who diligently seek him. There's some stuff we're going to talk about in the, in the next couple weeks about favor and how God, Jesus even grew in favor and stature with man and with God. You think about Jesus growing in favor and stature with God. He was already there, you would think, right? And we need to grow. We need to mature in this process. You know, last week, Pastor Tom spoke on the deutimous power of God. Powerful message, great message, wasn't it? We talk about perfect timing in the midst of the crisis, in the midst of what was going on, and how Holy Spirit comes uh, with power for a purpose. He brings power so that we are witnesses. Remember how he talked about that? And so there is a purpose in power. There is a purpose in signs and wonders. There's a purpose behind all this stuff. It's not just so that we l look good. Dear God, no. But God uses his power. The Holy Spirit brings power to our life for a purpose. And Tom talked about that last week, about how we become witnesses to, to, to the Lord and how people come to know Christ through that power. But there's a second thing about power that I also believe what we need right now, and it, 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 it comes from the Holy Spirit when we're in disappointment, and it's the, it's, the, it's the power that comes from God for enduring faith, to get through str uh, struggles, to get through terrible times that you might be in in your life. 
I mean, think about it in the New Testament. In the New Testament, when the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost, what did that power do? That power came and there were people who were healed. There were people who were delivered. There was tongues and interpretation of tongues. They thought they were crazy. All, all kinds of things began to happen when the power of God came at Pentecost. You remember that, right? In the scriptures. Powerful things were manifesting. And there was this witness that came forth out of, out of the disciples and the people of God. And multitudes came to know Christ, just like what Tom talked about. And 3,000 came to know the Lord that day when they experienced the power of God. But also what was needed in that season was there was also a power of God that came for enduring faith. Because the disciples and the Christians of that early church, they were under severe persecution. They were under severe things going on in the body of Christ. Things were not going perfect in the house of God. And James had just been killed. Peter had been arrested. I mean, put yourself in that situation. If I was now in jail and Tom, thank God it wasn't me, he had already been killed. Sorry, Tom. Throwing you under the bus, buddy. I mean, think about what you would have been in. The power of God is moving, and you need the power of God for enduring faith right now. The power of God came for enduring faith. And God gave them that power to endure tremendous, terrible things. And so it is in the season of disappointment that we're in, you can't back down. The disciples could not back down. They had to tap into the power of God for enduring faith. And to know that God was going to get them through what they were going through. We can't back down. You can't lose your hope. You can't change your theology to match your experience. You must persevere with enduring faith. And we must trust God in what he said. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Our character is being forged right now in disappointment. I'm hurting. You're hurting. But our character is being forged in this disappointment. What are you going to believe? As we persevere under trial, and we do not let the circumstances dictate what we believe, God is going to enlarge our capacity for enduring faith irregardless of what happens with our circumstances. Irregardless of what happens, we are going to endure in faith knowing God is good. And He is going to enlarge our capacity and give us greater authority and greater favor as we obey Him. I believe you guys obeyed him on what he put in your heart to do for Kristen's family and for her. I love the covert operations of 
when people worked in the hospital and Sarah and Mike went and prayed and lay hands on her. I love the fact that we made some progress. But here's what Romans is. God's asking us to be enduring in our faith. Here's what Romans 5, 3 through 5 says. And not only this, but we also exalt in our tribulations. We praise, we exalt even in our tribulation, even in our disappointment, we exalt the Lord. Can I have an amen on that? Knowing that tribulations bring about perseverance and perseverance proven character and proven character hope and this hope does not disappoint us because the love of god has been poured into our hearts through the holy spirit i want to ask you how foolish do you think abraham looked believing god to heal his wife of barrenness 90-some years old, dang, she's past childbearing, <laughs> just a little. <laughs> How foolish do you think he looked standing and believing with enduring faith that God was going to heal his wife and open her womb? How long do you think Abraham stood believing that? Twenty-five years how long will we stand believing god for opening up wombs we've seen a lot of wombs opened up in this house we're fertile myrtles <laughs> we get pregnant around here don't we luke buddy that's right but honestly how foolish would he have looked how foolish do you think Noah looked? Come on. Standing and believing God that he was going to deliver his family from a flood and they had never experienced rain? They didn't get the five inches that Southern Henry County got and flooded Cornerstone Camp the week before July 4th. They had never seen rain. And Noah's out there building an ark. How long do you think it took him to build the ark? Just 120. That's enduring faith, my friends. That's enduring faith. How about Moses? You're going to use me, Moses, to deliver my people from Egyptian bondage? And Moses contended with enduring faith for 40 years. How about Joseph? Joseph, 13 years. Enduring faith. Believing God was faithful in who he said he was. See, I think this process that you and I are going through, church, I believe it's about our enduring faith. I believe God's wanting us to rise up, and I believe we're contending for something I am believing I'm going to see. But if I don't see it, I thank God at Hannon. John and Bo are going to see it. I thank God that my children are going to see it because I'm contending for something that I know God is going to do. 
I believe God's going to bring revival to this land. God said that he was going to raise up radical, passionate, aggressive lovers of God in this next generation who will love deeply, who will serve sacrificially, who will live holy, who will go globally in the supernatural power of the Holy Ghost. Is that what we believe? Is that what we're contending for? And so I contend and I get disappointed. I contend and I get disappointed. I contend and I get a victory. I contend and I keep contending for enduring faith. Enduring faith connects me to the God's unlimited nature. I believe we're maturing in our faith through this disappointment. And I believe enduring, pain, enduring faith is painful and very expensive. And I want to know who's enlisted for that enduring faith in this house. I thank God I got a lot of people in this house who want to continue to contend on their knees through fasting, through prayer, for bringing the kingdom of heaven to the earth. I am encouraged. That so many people are enduring in their faith and holding on to faith in the middle of nothing good happening with what I see with our natural eyes. But here's what I am encouraged about over the last two months. I'm going to share a few things that I saw in God moving. I'm encouraged that we're maturing. I've seen more people contend and fight for faith, for Kristen's healing, than I think I've seen for a while. I saw more people fasting and praying doing special things. I appreciated the prophetic team meeting last week and, and, and praying and contending. People were fasting certain days of the week. There was a lot of fasting and praying that was going on, and people were stopping their busy schedules to lift up Kristen, and I, 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 I see that, and I praise God for that. Did anybody else see that besides me? The other area that I'm encouraged, I said, we did see some breakthrough with Kristen's health. Each week when something new would hit Kristen, the church would rally and pray and, sur and a surge of strength and change would come to Kristen's body. Did anybody notice that? Yeah. Our faith did produce some change. Some change. Not what we're looking for, but God says that we to are to celebrate the progress. And when we see progress, we praise him for it, and we ask for more. Just like when you say, okay, how's your pain level? Oh, it's, it's down to a six. Okay, we're going to keep praying. And so I am encouraged that I've seen some things begin to manifest in Kristen as we prayed. And where I feel we need to grow and mature right now is enduring faith. Right now, when we are disappointed, we have to endure in our faith. Right now when we're angry, right now when we are confused, right now when the kingdom of heaven did not manifest like we believe God it should, that we don't quit, that we don't back down, that we don't lose hope, that we don't, qu we don't quit believing. <laughs> that enduring faith keeps pressing in. Enduring faith takes the disappointment and turns it into an adventure. Did you hear me there? Enduring faith changes it and looks at it as if an, as an adventure oh god what are you trying to show me that the the disappointment actually turns and i go oh god there is a treasure here there is something you're trying to show at me as a person as a church 
And we go looking for the treasure. We look for truth. We look for what he's saying to us. There's been some dreams that I believe God wants us to interpret. Enduring faith takes that disappointment and turns it into adventure. It turns it into questioning God on what he wants to show us. And so I am going to help you this week with our application piece here in a few minutes on what we need to do with this. And I believe we need to ask God, what are you showing us? Not why did this happen? Are you with me on that? Enduring faith knows the manifestation is coming. Enduring faith knows the manifestation is coming. Enduring faith knows there is more to receive and is excited about what he wants to show us. Just like James says, perseverance must finish its work in us that we might be mature, complete, and lacking nothing. Church, we lack some things. Can I, is that true? Okay, well that's not condemnation. That's not condemnation, but it should convict us to want more. Enduring faith chooses to humble itself and choose to grow and to press in. To press in and to endure to the end. I hope and I pray as we navigate disappointment that we carry our hearts right, that we don't change our theology, and that we continue to endure and believe God in faith. Where are you at in that journey? In your disappointment, praise him. In, in your disappointment, thank him. In your disappointment, turn it to seeking God. Here's the application piece that I'm going to bring, bring and then we're going to pray. This is the action plan that I really want you guys taking. You can take a picture of it. Uh, do whatever you want. I really want you to ask God some questions this week. These are the questions that I would really like for you to ask God. What are you wanting to show me so that I may mature in enduring faith? I'm not going to press. I'm not going to stop. I'm, I'm going to press in. But God, what are you trying to show me? Really, these three questions on top, are only, they're basically the same question. They're just asked in different ways. Number two, what are you wanting to, to do to increase my capacity to trust you in this disappointment? And number three, what needs to grow in my character? And then number four, <laughs> thankfulness displaces disappointment. You can't be hurt and upset and mad at God when you're thankful. <laughs> try it it doesn't work and right now you can get in such a place of disappointment if you're not careful and you can become critical of me Tom leadership everyone in the house you can get dis discouraged about them and you can turn it and actually become gangrene within your own spirit man and it will destroy you but I believe thankfulness displaces, displaces disappointment. Would you stand with me?
I hope you've been encouraged today to press into enduring faith. I want to pray for us right now. And I want to bless you. I know many of you are going through your own disappointments, your own struggles, your own things aren't going the way you believe God for. Whether it's with your marriage, your finances, your relationships, your ministry, your health, the health of your families. God is looking for a people with enduring faith. He's enlarging our capacity as a church right now. And I just want to encourage you right now, if there is anyone that you have anger or bitterness with right now, I just feel in my spirit you need to forgive people right now. Maybe you're even disappointed with God and you just need to release God from what you think he did. I asked Trent yesterday, or excuse me, Thursday, what can I help you with? And he said, why did God take my mom? And I put my arm around him and I said, oh, buddy, God did not take your, your mama. I said, Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And he took her life. So I, I just want you to know, God did not do that. That's not the kind of God we serve. Can I have an amen? amen. And so I don't know if the enemy is putting accusations in your heart towards God, but I promise you this issue is not with God. This issue is not God's doing that's going on in your own life. And just release God and ask Father God, what are you trying to show me? What are you trying to produce in me? What is the character that you're wanting to form and forge in me through the disappointments of my life? What are you wanting to do in me, God? And then surrender then yield to the Spirit of God today. Yield to the presence of God right now with all your troubles, with all your problems. Yield them to Father God and trust with enduring faith, knowing that He who began a good work in you, He will see it to completion. He is building our character. He's looking for a people who will endure in faith. Who will not give up. Who will not back off. Who will continue to contend for the things of the kingdom. Who will continue to pray, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So Father, I thank you for the power of enduring faith today. I thank you, God, that right now you're going to, to break off every disappointment, every discouragement, every anger, everything that tries to set itself up against the knowledge of God. I thank you, God, for bringing that down, Father, right now, in Jesus' name. And I thank you, God, for restoring all things.
Father, I thank you for restoring all things. I thank you, God, for increasing our faith through this season. I thank you for taking our roots down deep. And so, Father, we honor you, we acknowledge you, God, and we will seek your face this week. We will ask God those questions, to ask God to seek what you're trying to do in us. And I thank you, God, that there is more healing coming. I thank you, God, there is more healing coming. I thank you, God, that there are more signs, wonders, and miracles coming. I thank you, God, that we're contending for it in this generation and the generation to come. I thank you, God, that you're raising up a young generation who is passionate for you, who want to press into your things. So, Father, help us to act and to will according to your good purposes. And so, Father, we give you praise for that. In Jesus' mighty name. Lord, we love you and we honor you. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen.